Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to our latest episode of the RTGAA podcast, a double weekend of hurling and football action. Neil McManus will be along to chat hurling a little bit later on. But as you can see, Mark McHugh is with myself and Rory now to chat football. How are you getting on, Mark? Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me on. Hey, looking forward to it. Hey, it was a good, great weekend of sports. Hey, so get stuff yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Lot of there good stuff. Certainly was. Let's look at Division One then. The headlines: big win for the Dubs against Kerry in Croker. Eight points from Darren McCurry helped Tyrone to a much-needed four-point win over Mayo. Derry made it four from four with victory against Galway and Salt Hill, and Ross Common got a badly needed first win of the campaign against a struggling Monaghan. Let's start with that one in Croke Park, Mark, because. I don't know if it's Dublin being brilliant or Kerry being slightly off it, or is it a little bit of both? I think we all figure out that Dublin's still the team to catch in this championship, hey, with the way they played. You know, they 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 that's a bit of a marker. I don't care what anybody says, hey, you can you can you can argue with Kerry weren't at it, you know, but um Dublin were 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 awesome in that first half, you know. And even if you think about the people they're missing, I know we, we don't say that about every team. But um, the fluidity they have, and they're feeding Conor Callan again, and they're getting the rewards for it. He's listen. We 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 know what he we know what he's like. And I was actually thinking about this. Um, you know why has he come into such form? Hey? And I was thinking back last last year, Keane Kilkenny didn't play an awful lot last year. I know he ended up playing the final, but I think he got a shoulder injury. He didn't start a lot of the games for Dublin. But he feeds him a lot. You know things happen around Kilkenny, and um, they've 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 seen they've seen to whatever. Whatever they've done this last few weeks, you give you give Brian Stack a bit of a roast last weekend, and uh, Tag Morley this weekend. So if you leave him one on one, um, good luck to the good luck to the man marking him. I think even Lee Keegan said last night on Alan's Lee Sunday he knows what Tag Morley's been to. He can do that to anybody. But um, Dublin, yeah, they were they were super high, and I think not. They took the foot off the gas a wee bit. I suppose Clifford had a chance to take it back to maybe two at a stage in the second half, and he and he and he, and he, and he bashed it over the bar, but. I think they, they, they just upped it a gear again in the end. Even Howard came on and settled things, you know, that experience. He, he won a few kickouts, but no, super. Were you surprised with Kerry Rory? Because I was in Crow Park on Saturday night and there was a lot of Kerry people around me and they were a bit shell-shocked by what they were seeing. There was a that that's a good point to make, Jackie. There was a nice crowd in Croke Park. Uh, it was rare enough to see the upper tiers open and it made for... What you would hope was a good atmosphere. The game started. Yeah. yeah, you know, the game started, it got off to a really good start. Uh, it was up and down, end to end. It was really open. It was really loose. Um, it kind of felt in a, in a roundabout way, it was the kind of beginning to the match that maybe a lot of us were expecting in the All-Ireland final last July, which we didn't get because it was a much more cagey affair. Now, maybe that is a pointer for Kerry in that, I was quite that, critical of I was quite critical of Kerry after last year's All Ireland final. In so far as I felt, go after the game. Now maybe we got our answer on Saturday night in that they played much more open, much more loose, and got a ferocious trimming in that first half. Now Dublin were incredible, Jackie. I mean, I think they scored two eight, two eight or two nine in that first half, which was eleven shots out of twelve on on target. I don't know what percentage that might be, but it's off the charts. And then, obviously, as as you mentioned, Con, like it was the, the occasion was fantastic. I mean, we had fireworks 
on the pitch. We had fireworks off the pitch because there was a firework came flying in onto onto the pitch at one stage from the crowd. There was um the obviously the protest for Gaza, which was a a lovely sight and um a really a really nice thing for people to to do. I think Kerry, from their point of view, was there any positives that they could take out of it? Look, they got a nine point gap down to three at one stage. They got one two just after the break. A little bit of a mini revival. But they've huge issues. Um, they have plenty of time to fix it. That's the only thing. I think midfield is a big problem for them, Jackie. It has been. I think the, fa- the fact is Jack Barry's. Jack Barry will get a, will become a better player over the <laughs> next few weeks, right? And his his stock will actually rise as the weeks go on because for all the faults and foibles and the criticisms that people may have had of him, he was able to get a handle on Fenton in the way that many many teams cannot, and their the, the options that they have in and around there. And I dare I say it, it might be the case because I didn't think Sean O'Shea had a very good game, and it might be the case that they may have to look at now. It's, as I said, they have time, but they might have to look at bringing Sean O'Shea back out to midfield. Would they get more out of him? If he was out around that area of the field, they'd certainly get more bargaining options from their kickouts, which I think Dublin just pressed them into absolute submission. So, yeah, look, it was, I think Paul mentioned it last night, this will hurt, but it, this thing probably can't really last too long because a long year ahead yet. Yeah. So if you're in Jack O'Connor's position then, Mark, are you thinking about those points that Rory has made there? Are you thinking, right, midfield is actually genuinely a problem now that we need to address? Or where do you think he's sitting now in terms of trying to get his house in order ahead of the next couple of weeks? You know, we all we all know the, the, the Kerry traditional populace, populars and all that, but I think he's sitting and he's thinking he has to play a sweeper against Dublin if he plays him. Yeah. Because um, he cannot afford to give, give that space to the Dublin inside forwards, you know, going forward. So he will look at that. 100% agree with Rory uh, about the midfield. I, they haven't replaced David Moore, you know, you know, go, you know, the last number of years. I just don't think they've replaced them. Um, and they need to find somebody, maybe a Sean O'Shea, you know, there's 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 a few games left in the league. Um, they're probably going to be safe at some, you know, why not try why not try different things than he might have to. Um the Dublin matchups um surprised me. Merchant on Clippard was a That really, was very interesting, you know, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you can look at it two sides, I suppose, of the coin. Did he have a good game or did he, you know, Clifford still got the goal chances that he that he had and he, he could have maybe kicked three, three, three or three, you know, three, two. But uh, when it comes out to the stats, Owen Merchant had a very good game. So, well, that, that, that actually just was a kind of a pure left field, left field call by Desi Farrell and fair play to him. Hey, I wouldn't have thought it anyway. But John Small seems to have the upper hand of Potty Clifford when they meet. And... Uh, and even, as I said, Sean O'Shea was kind of out of the game as well. So that there are things he's going to have to look at because we know, and I think everybody in Ireland knows, if you take them three people out of Kerry, you're a long, long way to beating them. And yep. uh, yeah, he'll have to find something to either get them more in the game and tighten up the, uh, it, may, it might be a Paul Murphy or something like that has to come in as a sweeper, but he has to tighten that up. So Paddy Talley will definitely be uh, using his Ulster, um, Ulster Pro S down there to try to get, get, get a sweeper in place maybe if they, if they do meet further down the line, you know. Yeah, well, look, we expect that they probably will. Um, So no need to spend too much time talking about both of those teams because a lot of the interesting stuff is actually kind of happening behind them on the table in a way. You look at Tyrone's performance at the weekend, Mark, that second half display, 
I think probably gave us a sign of what they can do. I think the frustration about watching Tyrone over the last couple of weeks is we haven't really seen them do that. So are we now looking at Tyrone that are closer to the finished product of what we might expect to see from them in the championship? Or is it the fact that Mayo kind of just let them back into the game? I'm not, I'm not fully sure. Hey, it was a strange game. Um, you know, in the first half, even though Mayo weren't great, they were probably bullying Tyrone a wee bit and they were doing what to, to Tyrone, what Tyrone has done to teams for his last number of years. I don't think you can make eight changes to any team. Like Man City couldn't make eight changes this weekend and think they're going to be fluid in the way they play. Um, you know, <clears throat> when when you have a kind of a more settled team, it's more easier to, you know, perform. And as I said, even though Mayo were in the game in the first half came McSay saying to himself, they weren't great. All Tyrone really kind of needed was a bit of help for Darren McCurry to, or not for 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 Darren Cannon to get um you know to get things going. They did come out with a complete different hunger, complete different um bite in the second half to back to where they were. But as I said, they beat a Mayo team in my view that had a lot of changes and a lot of kind of you know people didn't know exactly what they were doing. So I'm not sure. Um, have we seen the full extent of Tyrone? Um, yet, like I watched them against Galway last week, and they were they were they weren't great either. And you know, but my you know the question I suppose why why did it take why did it take Darren McCoy to come off the bench? You know, he was named to start yeah. the last two weeks. Why didn't he start? And the post that probably why the people Tyrone are asking is um, you know he didn't feature against Galway at all. He didn't look injured, and um, yeah, listen, he came on and changed the game. He was brilliant. Like, and he gave. When the two of them are inside, when you have two marquee forwards for any team to mark, it's extremely tough. And they are like going back to the last number of years, like Darren McCurry has been an excellent forward for Tyrone. Even when he was playing, say, inside with say, Mark Bradley, Cal McShane, and stuff like that, he was always the man kicking the scores. So it's good to see him back in, in, in a bit of form. But um, I wouldn't read too much into Mayo. As I said, they made a lot of changes. Um, I think they're the, 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 the Ross Common Mayo game next weekend, we'll, you'll see maybe a, a uh, at home in Casavara, better, you know, a more kind of settled Mayo team. Yeah, I think that's fair from Mayo's point of view. From Tyrone's point of view, though, Rory, I think Mark is right. It's nice to see Darren McCurry kicking eight points, but I think if you're Tyrone, you can't really afford to not have him playing week on week. So to get him back, to get him integrated, and certainly for Canavan to have somebody to play off is going to help them immeasurably. Yeah, well, we had. We had the Twin Towers for Kerry a couple of years ago. It's like the Twin Bungalows from Tyrone. They'll love you for that one. Yeah, yeah, I tell you. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the second half, the whole thing just turned on its head. Uh, Mayo couldn't get going at all. But Tyrone looked a completely different side. And, and it, it all did come about really with McCurry's introduction at halftime. He just sparked something. He sparked something between himself and Derek Canavan. Takes the pressure off. I mean, both of them. Accuracy, top class, low centre of gravity, both with the ability to kick scores from difficult angles. They're very difficult to knock off the ball. They're both incredibly brave and they'll constantly show for you, which is great if you're, you know, looking to try and turn that defence from, you're looking to try and switch that uh, ball from defence to attack quite quickly. Tyrone playing to that pitch, Jackie, that they played in in that second half, if they can play to that pitch, most weeks and play for 45, 50 minutes, you're never going to do it for 70 because there's another team on the field, obviously. But if they can play to that 
they'll be a match for anyone in the championship in the Ulster championship and going further on they fully deserve their two points and it makes for very interesting uh, Division 1 now going into the final three games yeah it does it means that there's actually something to play for in all of them now going out which is brilliant because Division 1 has been great to be fair I think we've all said Mark that Derry have been the team of Division 1 so far I think given their performance at the weekend, albeit Galway still missing a lot of players, I think the way that you're watching them, they are a team who are developing momentum and they've done nothing to tell us that they won't be the contenders for the Ulster Championship and indeed for bigger honours maybe later in the year because they look like they're getting better and better. In the first round of uh, Ulster, they've no chance, definitely not. <laughs> 100% no chance against them. Uh, but no, you're 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 hundred percent. Derry have been the the team the team in the league, you know. And I I don't buy this whole peaking too early. The split season now is a completely different kettle, uh, especially it was a few years ago. You know, um, I heard a few of your pundits there on different things. You know, saying it's only February and stuff like that. The championship starts at the end of March. You know, coming you know at the end of March start of April. I would rather be playing well right now than hoping that I'm going to be playing well in a few weeks' time. Yeah. You know, uh, and Derry at the minute have. Them boxes tech. Now I, I watched. I, I I watched kind of a lot of highlights of that game yesterday, and kind of you know raced through it. But there was big calls in that game. You know, I, I felt we uh, Galway had the double goal opportunity. You know, to, to get to get a goal to go point up right after half time, and then two minutes later, a strange call in my view um, for the for for the black card. It was you know a last ditch tackle. The ball went over the bar should be played away, and I I couldn't figure it out, and that kind of just. Kill the game. It, it 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 finishes as a contest. It's a, a double whammy as well, Mark, yeah. isn't it? Like so, you, you you can see the penalty, and you're also down a player. So it's it's a real kick in the in the backside. Like I won, and and I'm not saying I don't disagree with the rule. It, it's actually a good rule. I just don't think it's been a. Even like we we spoke about the Mayo one. I thought I think it was Cormac Quinn. I thought that was a, just a good challenge. Yeah, you know, it's a last this challenge. It wasn't cynical. He tried to stop the ball coming. Toronto three men sitting there. Was that a penalty and a black card? Mm. I don't think so. Well, the thing uh, is, Mark, wasn't it supposed to be that it's cynical and they're doing it's a deliberate trip? Whereas I think if you're making a genuine attempt to play the ball and there's an umpire and a referee on either side of the player who can see clearly, I think between the two of you, you should be able to make a decision that he's trying to play the ball there. That's why, you know, if I was part of I'd be really, really annoyed. Like, um, because I said I killed the game. Okay, they can take the blame for missing the goal chances, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, Kieran Malloy, he put himself in the in the bad position anyway with a hand pass, but I just thought he just tried to put him off any way he could. It wasn't that he was trying to foul him or hurt him or anything like that, and it should be played away. Same same with the throw one. If you wanna if you wanna argue the one that probably was the best goal scoring opportunity from penalty was Michael Langans, mm-hmm. uh, that he was fouled and Oshin, you know there was no black card there. So you know I suppose as as managers and coaches and players, people just want to see a wee bit of consistency and. I think that rule is a wee bit up in the air, especially after this weekend, because it was it was used so much. So um it just needs to be more 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 clear for 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 players and managers because the two that they called I thought were poor, to be honest with you, you know. Plenty yeah. work, Jackie. Plenty work for Jim Gavin and Eamon Fitzmaurice and the star-studded football <laughs> review committee. <laughs> some review committee, to be fair. If I was looking oh. to put some people in charge of football, yeah. I think they've picked well. That's great. Yeah. They, they are going to be busy. Yeah, yeah, fair play to them. Hey, you know, Jared. Maliki, Maliki yeah. O'Rourke is in there. Colm Collins is in there. Colm Nally, brilliant coach out of me. Like, it's, you know, good, well. good, good brains. Who, who's on that, Mark? James Horn, I think I read this morning there. Um, he's, 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 he's involved in it as well. Hey, so... A lot of a lot of good people. If they can't fix it, I don't think uh, I don't I don't I don't think any anyone can. You know. Yeah. But uh, no, to to go back to Derry, listen, 
they're probably going to win All Ireland. They'll definitely beat Donegal, and uh, that's what, <laughs> that, that, that'll be it. But no, they're they're they're. I'm not saying they're well ahead. I think it's it's. I don't know. Has it been has it been the most injury hit league I've ever seen throughout mm. all the divisions? Did Conor Doherty go off holding a hammer again on? It's that I see, Mark. Okay, and he's I, I, and he's a he's a, he, he's a big player for Derry. Yeah, but I was just actually going to say Derry's probably the only team that actually has their full strength yeah. nearly to play with every week. Um, you know, they, they 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 I know they have a kind of small pound, maybe nineteen or twenty players that they play regularly. But looking at Galway, uh, Mayo, Ross, Common, Monaghan's, their you know their injury list is, is not is not as huge. So they've they've been consistent. Um, they've seemed to buy into whatever Mickey Hart has brought. As I said, the boys you, you'd see that from the boys, the Glen boys have come in right back in there as well without really taking a break. They know what's there for them. They know how close they've got to the last few years. So that's the next step is um is is, is the All Ireland. Now stats I read a stat that no manager has won two All Irelands with uh, two different teams. So uh Mickey Hart's it, it, it that doesn't go bode well for him. But if any man can change it, I'm sure he can. Yep. Nice little one to fire in there. Uh, good and early now, Mark. Get them sparking ahead of a clash with Donegal to come. Why not? That'll be a big game. That'll be a big game. Ah, yeah. yeah. It will. Next couple of weeks before that are going to be pretty big too, though, Rory, because when you look at, I think, particularly Roscommon getting a win at the weekend, Monaghan now under severe pressure. I know we talk about them all the time saying, oh, they managed to survive. They managed to survive. It'll be some Houdini if they survive this year because that's a third drubbing in a row. And I think maybe the Kerry and Derry ones you might have said they saw coming. I don't think they would have seen a drubbing against Roscommon coming at the weekend. No, it was a great response from Roscommon in many ways because, look, we had a Call to arms, if you want to call, if you want to phrase it like that from Davy Burke last weekend, it did seem to provoke a reaction. They had the game more or less sewn up, I think, by half. They had a big lead. They went in, discoursed into a big lead and they had the game done and dusted. I think they will settle down, Roscommon. Like, I mean, the reality from Division One's perspective, outside of Derry, who should be who should be pretty much in a league final, I'd imagine, at this stage, given the fact that they've eight points. Now, it'll be an interesting game between themselves and Dublin next weekend. But any two from the other seven could potentially still be relegated because, you know, there's only two points separating the other seven teams. It's, Will Monaghan be unduly worried? I think they will to a degree. Obviously, Rory Began, Conor McManus, a lot of experience gone out of the dressing room. They're going to need those guys back, I suppose, for the run-in just to try and give themselves some chance of staying up. But they've been in this situation so many times before. So if there's anybody that's not going to be panicked by the notion of having to pitch for a last-ditch survival bid, it's going to be Monaghan, it's going to be Vinnie Corey. It's the manner, though, of the defeats, yeah. I suppose, that's going to rankle, as you said. Like, they're ta- they're not taking, you know, one or two-point defeats. They're, like, the last couple now have been heavy, beaten well by Kerry, beaten well, obviously, yesterday by Ross Common. So these things will be difficult to fix in the short term. Makes next weekend huge from their point of view. But, you know, look, it'll be very interesting to see what happens now. Mm. What about Roscommon then, Mark? Look, you've obviously been involved there in recent years. The spike in performance for them at the weekend to be able to go and turn things around after that call to arms, as Rory has put it. What sort of a position do you think they're in now? I don't think their position has changed a while a lot and, and uh, having won one, they're going, to, they're, not, they're going to need to find points, you know, elsewhere. No, I was delighted actually to see because, you know, they, they've been a bit of... They've been a bit injury, injury struck, and I suppose with clubs and everything at the start of the league as well. So to get them, get their first one, you know, it's great, great, great to see for them. The 
you know, Davy Davy spoke, I think, at the start of the league about his home matches. You know, they have three home matches. They have three out of four points from their home games. Mm-hmm. They have, I know, they have carried home, but ultimately, it's still a home game. And if they can, if they can get points out of that, you know, it should see them safe. It'll be it'll be a battle next weekend going into Castle Bar, obviously, and you'd imagine Mayo's going to be looking for some sort of reaction as well. But um, if he can if he can get another another one, I think I think four or five might keep you up, you know, because I don't always, you know, even even from Monaghan, Monaghan's point of view, another one will, you know, they have they've Galway and um, so they'll be tired in them games. Uh, Monaghan just do seem to be. Kind of, I think they probably said they've two thirds of their their team from started the Ireland semi final last year missing, and if you do take that from any yeah. any any team, it's it's very hard. But no, on 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 Ross Common, you know, listen, they have it's it's in it's, it's again it's in their own hands. They wouldn't have been probably happy with their first few performances, maybe, and and the way they went, especially up in Oma. But it's hard to win in Oma, you know. Uh, Mayo will tell you that. That's why I think Galway's victory last weekend was a super result for them, and that probably just eased a wee bit of pressure off the Galway ones because. Um, in hindsight, I don't think I would have expected that because Tyrone usually won their home games no matter who they're playing against. So, um, home games is huge, uh, and that's what I like David David did speak about that at the start of the league. So they'll focus on definitely the next two, and then who knows? They have Derry away in the last game. Derry could be already in the league final. What kind of team did they put out? Same as you know, Monan went down to Mayo last year in the last uh, in the last game. Uh, where you know Mayo put out a second team and they won. These things can happen towards the end of the league and nobody can control it. So um, it's very, very tight. You said anybody can go up, anybody can go down, or anybody can make the league final, or anybody can go down. So it's the league's a great competition, isn't it? It's mm. it's, it's 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 probably the best the best of all. Eh? So it's I guess it's chatting on it. Yeah, look, it's been fantastic. Division one finally poised. Division two, I think the game of the weekend, Rory Armagh Johnny Goal. Mm. You look at them playing out that draw. I was listening to both Kieran McGinney and Jim McGuinness talking afterwards about what they got out of it, you know, and to them, I think both of them looked like they were gearing for this to be like a championship like scenario, certainly based on their body language on the sideline. Both of them wanted to win. I didn't think there was any shadow boxing and maybe we didn't really know where we were going to get. But I think both of them were kind of saying they were quite keen to get to the eight points and neither of them managed to get there with the, a draw, probably a fair result. Yeah, I think a draw was fair. And I think you're right in terms of it was as close to championship fervor as you're going to get. The first thing you'd have to say about it must be great to play for Armagh because like huge crowd, a huge crowd again, you'll always play in front of big crowds. I think that's like that's an incredible support. And I think it's 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 a brilliant thing if you do have that kind of support in behind in behind you. A bit of a standoff for the first 10 minutes, neither team taking too many chances. I think it was one nil. Uh, you know, heading into 10 minutes, but it was a cagey enough affair at times, but still there were some unbelievable, some unbelievable, um, some unbelievable skills on show. I think in fairness from Donegal's perspective, they had two really good goal chances. Pat Morgan, an incredible shot comes off the upright. He was definitely going for goal. Rasper of a shot. And then obviously the penalty. Now they take those, they win the game. There's no question, but it's on such fine margins. Um, I think brilliant goal from Armagh. What a ball in from Mackin and a superb finish from, from Andrew Mernon. They've got some good forwards going. Good to see Reno O'Neill back on the field. Um, yeah, but I think you're spot on. I think a draw, probably a fair result, even though maybe Johnny Gaughan might feel that they left a point behind them. And great to hear that there was verbals between McGinney and McGuinness because, uh, you know, that's exactly what we want. <laughs> yeah, look, the two of them were great entertainment on the sideline, Mark. But that would be my sense that maybe Donegal of the two teams might feel 
they had a chance and potentially a point that was wide wide that I think maybe they thought was over as well. That was it one that got away. You, you, you can argue that, but uh, ultimately, Armagh had the last chance of the game to yeah. to 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 win it as well. So Donegal, you know, you, you just think back to the, the most recent things so that they'll come away happy enough. Um, I, I still think Donegal will be the happy of the two teams, just in the sense that I, I just feel like they uh, were the better team throughout the game. I think they controlled it a wee bit more. Um, Armagh or Donegal, I suppose Armagh just supposed to come up to after they got the goal was the best that they were. I think Donegal got the two points before half time to just ease the conversation at half time, as you as you would say. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know, shadow box. If these two teams could meet in the league final, they could meet mm-hmm. in the Ulster final. No, uh, you know, you, you just don't know. But um, no, I think I read something this morning that the two best defences in the whole of the National League combined um, are Miles one and Donegal's number two. So both managed to be happy with that. I, I think that yesterday's game will be um, uh, both teams needed it I suppose I think Donegal was going to I'm not saying cruising through Division Division 2 they had a, get, a tough game against Cavanaugh the games were were, were more so but um, Armagh, Armagh that, that's the games Armagh wanted to be playing and you know they, they didn't like getting relegated last year so to get back to a proper good championship field game is what they want and mm-hmm. I think they have their first first away game now this weekend which is which is tough on them you know uh, after five weeks of the first away match and uh we had a neutral game against Kildare, uh, if you want to call it. So it's their first away match, uh, they're, and they're going the long distance to to uh, Fermanagh. So God um, love you. Yeah, God love them. Our mass traveling support. They don't have to go too far. Yeah, <laughs> and do you know what? It's funny, Rory, because after the draw, Mark is right. Maybe Donegal are the happier because. Cavan's win coupled with that draw like Cavan are right in the hunt for promotion right as well hunt. so it means that like that final game I know I think Cavan have Mead, Armagh and Fermanagh to finish they do have to go to Armagh but that could potentially be a promotion decider between the two of them as well so Armagh are still going to have to fight it out for their last remaining games like Donegal's tight clash with Cavan at least they came out on top so they probably are in better in a better place right now Cavan are right in the mix Jackie, this isn't a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. So I think Donegal will go up. I think Donegal will make the final, the league final, potentially win it. And I think they will be absolutely one of the teams that are promoted. But Cavan will have a say yet on that second spot. And they won't be overly fussed about having to play Armagh. I think um, to go to RD yesterday and come out of there with a win, I heard there was a massive free-for-all, which, you know, is... a uh, it's always interesting to hear every now and again, especially, I suppose, look, they're, they're quite close geographically. Maybe there was a bit of spillover. But I think from their perspective, they are, they're building nicely. I think Raymond Galligan goes about his business in a very quiet fashion. I think he's been a very astute appointment in terms of transitioning from Mickey Graham into a new era. And um, I give them a really good chance of, uh, of, of upsetting the apple cart because... Armagh are not impregnable and Kavanagh have have the forwards to do damage. Paddy Lynch, outstanding again yesterday by all accounts, didn't see the game now, obviously. But yeah, I think this this the the, the top two teams coming out, even though it did feel like a Division 1 game yesterday between Armagh and Donegal, but I don't think it's by any means done and dusted of who ends up being promoted. Yeah, last word to you then, Mark, on that. Like, look, Donegal probably in the hot seat right now for going up, but that battle to potentially go with them is really heating up, isn't it? There's a lot of football to be played yet in, in every division. And um, Donegal, loud, loud are a sticky team at the minute too. They, they come to Ballyshan next week. 
Um, me either starting to fight for their lives a wee bit, you know, uh, they had to play them. And um, they finished then with the game. Me, uh, Kildare, Kildare. So, listen, uh, we don't know exactly what's, go- what's, what's happening there either. So, um, there's a lot of people they've played. Cavan, Cavan will be happy with the done, the Armagh draw mm-hmm. yesterday. You know, they, yeah. they were, that's what they'll be hoping for. And even though I was giving out about Armagh there, I think they had to travel to Cork in the very mm-hmm. last game of the, so that's that's not a I nice. I think Cork thing people were hoping that Armagh would already be in a league final at that stage. I, I, so. I, I, I think that. So if 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 Armagh beat Cavan, that will be the sense. But if Cavan beat Armagh, and Armagh to go to Cork looking for a last, you know, a last ditch, um, a last ditch one. You know, you don't you don't know how it'll end. So interesting few weeks ahead. I do. But yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, look, interesting two weeks ahead. Mm. We'll leave it there. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for your company. Looking forward to all the football at the weekend. We'll chat to you soon. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. All right, let's move on to hurling then. And Neil McManus is along with us to chat through some of the big results of the weekend. Let's start in Division 1A then, where there was a much-needed two-point win for Cork against Waterford, a thrilling draw between Wexford and Clare, which probably has implications for a lot of other teams around them. And then Kilkenny coming back from six points down at the break to beat Offaly by seven. I think that Cork result in particular, Neil, probably stands out because... Pat Ryan, first of all, needed it, but I think Waterford might feel if the game had gone on for another five minutes, they could have snatched him. Mm. It was a wild finish, wasn't it? Waterford would be kicking themselves a little bit. And in truth, it was an experimental enough Waterford team. There's quite a few names to come back into it. Cork had the majority of the players that they're going to have uh, come championship time. Cork will be delighted um, to get their first one of the campaign because they badly needed it as this could be the difference between them playing in, in Division 1 next year or what is effectively going to be Division 2, even though I think it's going to be named Division 1B. But uh, look, Cork, for, an all, for, for all sorts of reasons, need to be in Division 1 of, of the league. Um, they also really need to figure out a few key positions for themselves that they are struggling at fullback, have been for a period of time. They need to develop another ball winning forward to give, you know, Seamus Harnaday a hand in that respect. But they'll be left with more questions than answers really after Sunday because, you know, they were well ahead. They looked to have the game sewn up. We're driving for home and then Waterford really take control of the game for the last 10 or 12 minutes. And really had a goal chance near the end too and, and could have stole it. Mm-hmm. I think the difficulty for Pat Ryan, Rory, is I heard him saying he's given starts to 29 different players. And on one sense, it's like, OK, let's broaden it out. Let's see how many of those players that we can find that Neil is talking about. But on the other side, I'm not sure that there's the stability there of knowing what is going to be his team come championship in a couple of weeks time. I don't know how far or away he is from even being close to a championship team with this court side. Very, very true. And it's a good question. And I'd say it's one that has Pat pickled in a way in Mm -hmm. terms of trying to figure out what would be his best 15 heading into championship. Three of the starting six forwards played in the All-Ireland final of 2013. And that to me was, you know, look, I mean, Patrick Horgan, Connerly Han and Seamus Harnady owe nothing to Cork in terms of the service that they've given. But you were... Now, I understand there will be an element of trying to mix the match and trying to ease the younger lads in. I have a couple of positives. I think Brian Hayes played reasonably well all the way through. He probably needs to live in the ball alley because obviously he, football would have been prim- his primary game most of the way up. 
Um, 11 changes, including Breon Saunderson in goal, who I thought actually played quite well too, and a bit of competition there for Patrick Collins, yeah. no doubt. I think Neil makes an absolutely spot on point. Like the center of Cork's defense is something that could do with strengthening. Do we need to find a fullback? Well, we did find one, but he was playing rugby on Friday night in, yeah. <laughs> in, Musgrave, in Musgrave Park, right? And uh, he was playing fullback there as well. But look, that, that ship has sailed. I think from Cork's point of view, they haven't really stitched together. You're never going to stitch together a 70-minute performance because the way modern inter-county hurling and football goes, it's going to be ebbs and flows and it's going to be, um, you're going to have periods of dominance and you're going to have times when you're on top. The key from a Cork perspective is when they lose momentum and when they lose that ability to, when they lose, you know, they switch off, they go for little 10, 15 minute naps that the damage is restricted in some way to the bare minimum as much as they possibly can. But what ends up happening is the floodgates tend to open again. And we saw like a 10 point lead whittled down to two, you know, they could have easily came out of that game yesterday with another defeat. And that would have been an absolute sickener given, you know, the fact that as Neil mentioned, the whole significant the Division One campaign will be next year. But I suppose he's not really worried about that now. What did he find? I don't know. I mean, I was a bit surprised to see Sean uh, Sean Toomey not playing. Obviously, he wasn't in the 26th. So I'd have, I presume he was injured. I think it was great to see Mark Coleman back. Jack O'Connor played really well. Has, hasn't really hurled a whole pile. Wasn't really involved in the team in a huge way last year. Got man of the match yesterday, got a brilliant goal. So there were good aspects to their display. But again, it's a fits and starts type of display that I think they need to develop a little bit more consistency in their game because they'll absolutely need that come Munster Championship. Yeah, well, look, they've got two games to finish against Offaly and Wexford. And I think particularly given the Wexford result at the weekend, Neil, you look now, that final game between Cork and Wexford could be massive because... Wexford are finding a way to hang in these games and get a result where other teams are not. And I think Keith Rossiter will be delighted with the tune that he's getting from his team. Uh, he'll absolutely uh, be, you know, a very happy man in the early stages of this league. Now, it is three draws on the bounce, but I think uh, Keith is, we're, we're seeing from Keith along the sideline what we've seen from him as a player. He's getting a real honest performance out of his team. He's getting a very hard working performance and he he never threw in the tile. I, I marked him on enough occasions to know that Keith Rossiter will drive and instill a belief and uh, an integrity and honesty to the, the way that Wexford will perform um, that will hang in and will give them a chance to win a lot, a lot of games. But he's without some big, big players too. Lee Chen played 20, 25 minutes yesterday. Then he's waiting on Dee O'Keefe. He's waiting on Liam Old McGovern. Matt he's waiting on Matt O'Hanlon, mm. yeah, to come back as well. But they're huge, huge players for Wexford. So if he can manage to get a win uh, against Cork, even another draw might actually do it. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, if he brings Wexford into the top flight next year, it will be unbelievable success for Keith Rossiter in his first year. And the way that he's... He has them playing. Now, they're playing not unlike they did under Davy. They're sitting back and trying to kind of counter-attack. And we're seeing, you know, lots from Cahill Dunbar. And, you know, obviously, 
they had chances to win that game yesterday. A lot of people were questioning why Mark Fanning didn't come out of the goal to, to take that last free. Um, that's an area of, of worry for them because they do have to nail that down when, when Lee Chin is not available because Lee has developed into a, a pretty reliable free taker um, after lots of switching in that front in the past three or four years. Yeah, I, I listen, and I think changing up those things, trying to find something like that is exactly what he needs to find, Rory, because like suddenly having a free taker who can keep you hanging in in these games, if they had got a victory against Clare, I don't think anybody would have foreseen that even last week, given the way Clare have been bombing out of this league. They have been so far out in front of everybody else that I actually think a draw for them, albeit it's three draws on a bounce, it's a huge result for Wexford. And the implication that it has around the table is massive because I think it brings everybody right back into the mix. And Jackie, you have to bear in mind the corresponding fixture last year. Yeah. Probably preempted the exit and the escape clause for Dara Egan, given the paucity in their display, they were annihilated uh, on their own patch by Clare. I don't know, did they ship five or six goals? Yeah. They got a ferocious beating. So for them to turn that around in the space of 12 months with, as Neil mentioned, with a lot of inexperienced players, with still some, with loads of, with loads of experienced players to come back. And it's the nature of these um, nature of these draws that they're digging out. Like they're really digging out. Like to go to, to, go to Nolan Park, in potentially a game as well that they could have win, they could have won, could have lost, but it got a draw. Next, next up, Offley down to thirteen players, and still managed to eke one out. No, that probably rankled with Offley, but in fairness, Wexford managed to got they got a result, having been under the cosh. And then yesterday against the Clare side, albeit you know who probably feel they have a lot of their hard work done and will have their eyes and focus switched to the Munster Championship. But Claire, I think, are the number two team in the country. And yeah. they still, you know, I think there's a togetherness. There's a unity of purpose. He's obviously, a, he's got a great sense of um, the spirit about them. I think they will absolutely give it socks in the Leinster Championship. It should make for very interesting Leinster Championship in many ways. I don't. I think like there was a kind of a sense Galway Kilkenny were way out in front. I don't necessarily agree. I think there that could be very very competitive championship now in its own right. And if he gets those players back, increases competition. Yeah, they'll have Cork. They'll give Cork plenty of it, you know, mm. and it'll be that'll be a very very competitive game. Be interesting to see. We we think uh, of of Wexford, and you immediately think of Rory O'Connor. You think of Lee Chin. You think um, of Con- Connor McDonald. Connor McDonald as well, and, and like those those guys, you know, like Lee Lee on for twenty minutes yesterday. He has so much to come back in defence and attack, mm. and I think the other the other uh, positive is they have. A very, very well-respected man uh, leading them now. Somebody who can go to them and say, I've put my body in the line for Wexford. I expect you to do the same. I think he's going to develop a lot of younger players because of his positions under 20 managers previously. And look, I'd be really, really excited if I was a Wexford fan now looking into next year, regardless if they get into the, the top division for next year or not. Yeah, but I think they're right in the mix now. That is for sure. Because even around that Leinster Championship, it's hard to know with Kilkenny as well, Neil. I think, you know, they're trailing awfully at halftime. You don't really know what they're going to get. Similar situation when they were down in Cork. They're out of a game. Same with the Wexford game. But I think maybe Derek Ling might feel to have them bubbling away in the background, 
putting another win on the board. You know, they're they're doing their job nice and quietly. There's not too many people talking about them. That might suit him down to the ground. Well, absolutely will, because he's getting a lot of uh, game time into lads who who we haven't seen much of before. I know we've seen Billy Drennan last year, but he didn't play any championship hurling. Uh, then you've also, you know, got the likes of Shane Murphy getting a bit of game time this year. But there's there's no one Murphy. There's no uh, Hugh Lawler. There's no Paddy Deegan. There's no TJ Reid. You know, there's probably four all-stars and, and there's not a word about it. So they'll be introduced coming in through the last few games of the league. And Kilkenny are the masters of it, really. Uh, they build nice and quietly through the league and they tend to kind of peak in around the Leinster final time and, and push on for the last two games after that. So, look, I, I think Kilkenny, in my opinion, they're the number two team in the country. I think they're just slightly above Clare um, and they know how to beat Clare. Obviously, they, they have done in those last two All-Ireland semi-finals. But Kilkenny have such a depth of talent. TJ is still so important for them, but Adrian Mullen, you know, again, six points from play yesterday. He looks like the guy who's going to take over from TJ, you know, at, at that centre forward position. Um, and then in Owen Cody, they have, in my opinion, probably the, the next best finisher in the game outside of Aaron Galan. So, look, I, I think Kilkenny are best placed team to to give Limerick their fill of it, but uh, they, they won't be getting overly excited in the league. They will have been saying, okay, we want to get six or seven points on the board here and uh, be in the, the top flight for next year. And if it, you know, if we finish up on a league final, then great. Suddenly we're that six, next game yeah. against Clare looks like it's a big game for them too. Sorry, Rory, go on. Yeah, Offaly were six points up at halftime. Now I would imagine there was a wind given yeah. the fact that it was quite blustery yesterday and Kilkenny came out in the second half and scored 110 to a point. 15 minutes and you know classic Kilkenny no no major panic no major kerfuffle just went about their business in a good way but yeah I absolutely accept Neil's point I think like the thing with Kilkenny like Owen Cody I, I love Owen Cody Owen Cody's like some he's like something from the the US Marine Corps which is yeah. like the, the tone and just the, the body shape and everything about him I think if they can I suppose bolster that forward line with a couple of more ball winners in the mould of the TJs who obviously look is pushing on now at this stage I think Kilkenny will be right in the mix for All-Ireland honours again and who knows we could have a three-peat of an All-Ireland final with Kilkenny Limerick once more yeah yeah it, it does very much look on the basis of, I know we've been saying this all along though, Neil, Division 1A versus Division 1B, but you look at even the hiding that Dublin took at the weekend, I think, what are they on, their points difference in like minus 28 now. It is very much looking like that fourth place team is more than likely going to come from Division 1A now, potentially. I mean, when you're looking at some of the beatings, the disparity between 1A and 1B, there's just something not quite right with the way that this league format is taking shape, albeit it has been thrilling and exciting, but it's all seems to be happening on one side of the division. It does. And, you know, you've had a comfortable run for Limerick, Kilkenny, um, sorry, Limerick, Galway and Tipperary through mm-hmm. to the, the last, uh, you know, the last three spots, that fourth spot, is more than likely going to be going to be Dublin, um, coming from from one B. But look on form, it doesn't matter if the if the fourth side is is Wexford, is Waterford, is Cork, they're going to beat Dublin. Is the truth, and they're going to secure that fourth spot. And Dublin look to have regressed, in in, in my opinion. Antrim only have five of the starters from last year's championship team available to them at the minute, and Antrim really should have beat Dublin two weeks. Um, you know, a, a, a really uh, 
a, a really unfortunate error um, near the end of that game. Seen a goal drop in really, uh, and Dublin stole it. And Antrim would have been full vic- full uh, full, full value, value for their victory. But I mean, I think Michal Donahue might be thinking, you know, have I brought this team as far as they're they're going to come here? Um, because look, they, they have Danny Sickliff back, they have Chris Crummy back, and it didn't make a huge difference. Actually, I thought. Danny Sutcliffe was probably their best performer, um, you know, against Limerick. And unfortunately for Dublin, he, he is their their elder statesman, and he was covering more ground than anybody else, putting in you know more of a shift than than a lot of the other players. Dublin haven't got too many more to add to that group at the minute, and I I don't think Dublin are developing. I actually think they're 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 moving in the wrong direction. Um, and there is there's a difference between that top eight teams, eight, nine teams, and the, the five or six who are coming behind, which means that the the one or two teams who don't get into that top seven are going to feel a little bit cut adrift. Um, but, you know, I think the league set up at the minute, we're seeing these hidings at the minute, and they're not doing you know much good for anybody. So I, I think we have to try something, and I think this is a, as good a format as any. Yeah, and look, to be fair, I actually think, Rory, that I'm not saying that this isn't the right format in terms of next year, because I think the calibre of league you're going to get next year is going to be brilliant. It's just a difficulty that this is what we have to go through to get to that, because I was in Croke Park on Saturday night and it was like men against boys, Mm. even physically looking at Limerick versus Dublin. They were like two teams on completely different trajectories, as Neil said, which is just Look, it's an anomaly in in terms of what we're going to get next season, but we're just having to suffer through it right now and for Mm. one B. Everybody looks like that when they stand next to Limerick. They yeah. stand next to Limerick yeah. have, you, have you ever seen, oh, like the land of the giants? But it's, I think, look, Neil mentioned there were, there were a couple of positive aspects to Dublin insofar as personnel positivity uh, yeah. to see Chris Crummy back and Danny Sutcliffe back in the starting 15. And they will maybe get a bit of game time in, they should improve. I think the most disappointing aspect, and I think Shane Dowling pointed out as much last night, was there was an exhibition feel to the game. It felt like exhibition hurling. And you stand back and admire Limerick. They'll rack up 330 in the blink of an eye. You you just can't do that. You have to engage them. And no, look, Dublin, I don't think, can get unduly downbeat about taking that type of a pasting because... There's no time anyway to be feeling sorry for yourself. You're just going to have to dust yourself down and get on with it. But at the same time, the quality of opposition that they're going to face when they move into the Leinster Championship isn't going to be anywhere near anything that they faced on Saturday night. And I think that's the positives that they have to take to try and make, potentially make a Leinster final. It'll be quite a, they have a bit of time to prep for that. They will give... You know, they proved, they have proved in the past that they're able to mix it with Galway. They're able to mix it with Kilkenny to a degree. You no know, fairness, that's a while since they've beaten Kilkenny League or Championship. And they have, they've had a bit of the Indian sign over Wexford. That's really where their season is going to be judged. Trying to put a bit more depth and trying to bring through some new talent. Donald Burke, obviously, back in the field was another positive, obviously, given the seriousness of his injury. And he will be better next time round. But everything is going to have to go up a notch in terms of physical approach, intensity, everything, if they're going to be competitive. And a regressive regressive Dublin is definitely not what the game of hurling needs. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Rory's hitting me on the head there. I think the teams that were most uh, impressed double point of view over the last decade were those managed by Anthony Daly and they were built on physicality. Mm -hmm. They, you know... 
they were getting stuck in the teams. They weren't letting teams breathe. They were suffocating Kilkenny every time they came up against them. And making games almost warlike. And that's not what we've seen on Saturday. Yeah, they're a bit away from that. Look, lads, mm. we're going to have to leave it there. For now, the All-Ireland Champions did put on quite the exhibition in Croke Park. Perhaps they're headed for a league final. Who knows? Hurling uh, is going to tell us over the next couple of weeks. Two more rounds of it to go, and we look forward to that. Neil, thanks a million for being with us. And uh, everybody, enjoy your week. Oh, there's the whistle. It's over.